Hello and shalom. Welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I'm your host, Joe Amon. We got a great show ahead, so buckle up and hang on. Here we go. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I'm your host, Joe Amon, coming to you all the way from DeRitter, Louisiana. I hope you and your family are doing well. Uh, It is the middle of Hanukkah, and I hope that if you celebrate Hanukkah, that you uh, have had a wonderful time celebrating, Uh, whether you are celebrating uh, alone or whether you have friends and family around. I pray that uh, lighting the Hanukkah, reading the blessings, reading the Hanukkah story has been a huge uh, encouragement uh, to you. And if you don't celebrate Hanukkah, um, then you should. Next year, you should. Um, If you're first time listening to uh, Image Bearers Radio, I just want to say welcome. Uh, We love to have you uh, hang out for us for a little while and see what this is all about. And if you're a longtime listener, as always, thank you guys for the community and for the responses and the feedback and the support. It's always super well appreciated uh, very, very much by me. If you would like to join our uh, Sabbath uh, fellowship, we live stream every Shabbat at 10 a.m. Central time and so if you have a fellowship already but they meet at a different time and you're just looking for a little bit more Shabbat goodness uh, then tune in on Facebook or our website or YouTube uh, the website is outofashesministries.org uh, and if you don't have a fellowship we'd love to connect with you and uh, see if we can help find someone in your area or uh, just uh, be that connection for you so uh, appreciate all of you listening today I have a really exciting uh, guest uh, many of you will know this guy but many of you will not and so I want to take a moment just to introduce uh, one of my best friends uh, someone who I consider my brother and uh, the absolute best uh, and most incredible uh, tour guide in all of Israel. He lives in uh, the city of Modein, which is very fitting as this is Hanukkah. And if you know your Hanukkah uh, facts, you'll know that that city is very important. And so I want to welcome to Image Bears Radio today, Mr. Hanok Young. Hanok, how the heck are you, man? Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for calling. It's, uh, it's great to be uh, in touch. Uh, I really wish the world situation would... Uh, would have permitted me to be hanging out with y'all right there, uh, or even better, have you in my neighborhood. But it kind of is what it is. And um, but thank you so much for the invite. So glad to be here. Yeah, so glad indeed. to share a little Hanukkah with you. Yeah, indeed. So um, uh, I wanted to have Hanuk on this uh, this week. Uh, I've been telling you guys, our our Image Bears Radio audience, for for a, a while that I was going to have some guests on, and Hanuk is the really the first one I, I wanted to have because um, I wanted to to have him during Hanukkah. There's um, several connections between Hanuk 
and Hanukkah and uh, maybe even some that I see that he doesn't realize. I'm sure he does. But uh, I want to just let Hanuk talk a little bit about um, who he is. He, he doesn't like doing this a lot, but I want to talk a little bit about who he is, what his background is and um, uh, what, what he feels like his mission is and where he's where he's putting his efforts in today, especially in light of uh, COVID and all of the, the things we've had going on. So, Hanuk, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, where you came from. And uh, some of the transition, you know, just some of the things that uh, sure. experiences you've had. And then uh, talk a little bit about uh, how you see uh, what Hashem is, is doing in the light of COVID and how you play a part in that. Wow. Okay. I, I wasn't aware that we had three and a half hours for the show. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to talk a little quicker. Uh, first of all, uh, for those of y'all that I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, uh, you're probably thinking he doesn't quite sound as much as Israeli as I thought he would. Uh, the accent was born and raised in a very small town in the Northeast United States, a place called New York City. I don't know. You may have heard of it in Louisiana. I'm not sure. Uh, I've been in Israeli for 11 years. Um, Prior to coming on Aliyah, as we call it, La'alot, to ascend, we believe that, you know, coming to Israel is a spiritual ascent. Um, but I'm sorry, I, my, my phone was just kind of blinking out on me for a second. Um, I was very involved in my college years in what was then Jewish activism. Um, all nonviolent protests including a sit-in in Moscow in the former Soviet Union uh, to try to free some Soviet Jews. By the time I was 20 years old, I had already been arrested on three different continents. But that was back in the 70s. That was a whole different era. Uh, but here in Israel, I have the blessing of living in Israel, and even better than that, of being a licensed Israeli tour guide. The reason I became a tour guide, though, comes back to the mid-90s when I received a bit of a revelation that I needed to help build bridges to those of my brothers and sisters, long-lost brothers and sisters, who were coming to the realization that they too were part descendants of the people of Israel. Not to replace their Jewish brothers and sisters, but to stand alongside us as is prophesied by all of the prophets in the Tanakh and the Hebrew Bible. I became a tour guide because who else was going to be prepared to show my brothers and sisters their homeland again? And as you know, I've been to the U.S. since August 2013. I've been to the U.S. Uh, 22 times, uh, speaking to groups all across the country, and I think about 27 or 28 states kind of kind of got lost a little bit all the way out to uh, America's West Bank, uh, Washington, Oregon, and California, uh, and as far east as Pennsylvania, uh, and just about everywhere in between. Yeah, even to uh, DeRitter, Louisiana. <laughs> I love DeRitter, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, and some and many you you speak in. I mean, it's uh, it's small places, big places, probably mostly small places, but uh, anywhere and everywhere. And I, you know, I we met. Uh, oh gosh, 
uh, was it about four or five years ago, three or four years ago? Time goes so fast now, I can't remember. Um, and, you know, what you what you do, Hanok, is so um, valuable to someone like me, I think, to, to folks. I mean, we could spend a long time talking about the Hebrew Roots community and the Messianic communities and all, all these different communities and labels and things. We're, just, we're not going to do that. But um, for those of us in the... Uh, in the Gentile community that that have come to Torah, you know, we believe Yeshua is the Messiah, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, we come to Torah, and it is an absolutely, it's a completely new world for us. You know, yeah. it, it's it's uh, it's it's phrases and terminology that we may we may know, we may not know, but there's a good chance even if we learned uh, because the churches I grew up in, we you know, we read a lot from the what we call the Old Testament from the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures. Right. Um, and yet, I'm learning now that the terminology we learn doesn't mean the same as it what it as what it means originally or are in a Jewish context. So, um, what you're doing is so incredibly valuable. I know it's taken a lot of uh, it's cost you a lot. I know that it has uh, financially, uh, you know, relationally, all those things. And people, uh, I think, don't understand what a trail you're blazing. Um, and I. I don't say that because just because you're my good friend, but I say that because uh, when I first came into Torah, I I reached out to every every Jewish person I could find, you know, every everyone I could find. I would reach <laughs> out, you know, whether they had rabbi in front of their name or not. Um, and and many people listening will understand, you know, how you get you get turned down a lot, and and it it's it's hurtful, um, you know, for us because we just some of us just want to learn well meaning, and and we want to understand our our sure. brothers and sisters better, and we we want to be united together right. as one one body, um, and so there's a lot of stuff on both sides. So the the uh, you know the the things that you're doing um, are are trailblazing, and they have been since, like you said, since the '90s, and that's just it's so incredible. So, and kind of jumping off of off of that, um, talking about coming into Torah with a whole new understanding. Um, dr- growing up, uh, growing up Jewish and Jewish community, and now living in Israel in in Modain, um, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen? as the the different approaches to Torah and, and what I mean by that is um you know so I'm Cajun right and most people don't know what that means and that's okay but it means we have our own food we have our own music we have our own language we have our own culture we have uh you know we we have a world that we live inside of um that is different from everyone else and that that makes us different and you you can't understand that world right. without living in it and right and so when many of us come to torah we just read the black and white and we think we're experts in a 6 months or a year and so can you talk a little bit about because i want to get to a point about hanukkah can you talk a little bit about what you've seen as sure. you've traveled around the different uh ways of approaching torah in relationship to how do we become uh how do we come better relationally? How do we approach our Jewish brothers and sisters okay. better? Okay, great. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, growing up, I did not grow up in a Jewish community. I know y'all are sitting there in Louisiana thinking like, wow, New York, man, like, you know, three out of every two people are Jewish. No, <laughs> I grew up in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Uh, I did not grow up religiously observant. Um, I went to after school Hebrew school, 
which is the equivalent of, you know, Sunday school in a church. And you finish it and you basically have the equivalent of about a second grade education. You know, you don't really learn anything. It's basically, uh, well, that's a, a whole story in and of itself. Sure. Um, I had two teachers, a husband and wife in high school who um, got me a very substantial scholarship to attend a youth tour in Israel. So at 16, after high school, I went and spent seven and a half weeks in Israel. It was my very first time on an airplane tour. Um, But let me jump ahead in terms of, let me tell you what I've seen, because I don't know of another traditionally believing Jewish person that's been around Aliyal for as long as I have. And it's barely been 30 years when people across the world, not just in the United States, although we'll talk specifically about the U.S., mm-hmm. began coming to the understanding from their own study and experience, studying the Bible, that they too may be part of Israel. And for many people, it's a shock that they still have yet to, you know, get past. Yeah. Uh, and if and if they've gotten past it, certainly members of their family and friends have not. Sure. Um. Because, as you mentioned, even though some of the terminology may be the same, it's not. Uh, And later, if we have time, we can get into what Messiah means to people in the Hebrew roots world and what it means to a Jewish person. And you'll see a tremendous disconnect. And it's not a question of, well, I believe in Messiah. You don't believe in Messiah. It's what exactly is this Messiah thingy about? Um, now, to, to jump ahead a little bit to what life in Israel is like, because it's totally different. And for those of you who've been to Israel, and by the way, if you haven't yet been to Israel, anyone listening, you really should be saying not yet, because you will understand Scripture in a way unlike any other way that you ever have after you've been to Israel. But again, I caution you on the right program. We'll, we'll talk about and that in a little talk- bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it's interesting of all the questions I've gotten in all the congregations that I've spoken to in all the trips that I've been to the U S as well as Sri Lanka and Germany, probably the most pertinent question I ever got happened to be in in out of ashes ministries and it was asked by your daughter bella who asked me if i could describe for everyone how life from a torah perspective was different in israel than what they may have experienced and that was one of those aha moments the first thing i've got to tell people is all of the holidays as well as the weekly Shabbat, that's normal, typical, and average. Whether a person is religiously observant or not, everybody says Shabbat Shalom to everybody else. Everybody is buying special foods on Friday. Everyone is preparing. Again, whether they're going to go to a discotheque Friday night or whether they're going to go to a synagogue service. Right. It's our Shabbat, Pesach. Shavuot, Sukkot, these are our national holidays. We don't have a 
Thanksgiving Day, we don't have a, um, well, you know, we, we, we have a Yom HaZikaron, which is a Memorial Day, but it's totally different than American Day. American Memorial Days are the start of the summer season and a big sale day. Here, all places of entertainment close down. Regular programming goes off the air. And for 24 hours straight, they show the picture and a brief bio of every single soldier and security personnel that's fallen in defense of the state of Israel. Wow. Totally different. Yeah. Totally wow. different. So it's, it's a sense that this is our normal. Now, in America, even the way you introduced it, for those of you who are celebrating Hanukkah, we don't even, there's not even, you know, when you'll have even Arab Muslims here in Israel, Israelis, wish you a Chag Sameach, a happy holiday. I mean, it's because those are the holidays. When the electronic signs in the front of the bus for Rosh Hashanah, for the New Year, Yom Truah, say Shana Tova. So it's, 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 it's really an amazing thing. So going back to the Hebrew Roots Movement, well, first of all, I have to touch upon my approach. Being a traditionally observant Jew, I lead my life in a particular manner. But my calling to Ephraim those of the so-called, quote-unquote, lost tribes. I say so-called because Hashem, God, never lost anything. Amen, right. There was a punishment that was determined. But now that punishment is ending and people are coming back into their awakening and their understanding and their personal identity. The hardest thing for people is to understand, as I do, that it's all based upon mutual respect. We, the Jewish side of the family, have been fortunate, Baruch Hashem, thank God, to be able to hold on to the Torah. We've been observing the Torah for more than 3,500 years. So it's a little odd to me when someone in the Hebrew roots world will try to concoct some way of observing something, and even out of morbid curiosity, won't even look and see what those crazy Jews are doing, just to compare it to. Right. People will sit around and quote-unquote midrash for hours trying to figure out what a verse means. But no one says, you know what? Why don't we Google it and see what the Jewish people think that means? <laughs> right. Fair you know, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like, we're, you know, when we're kids and, you know, I tag you, you're it, you know, thumbs up, you know, Joe's got the cooties, you know, like, ooh. <laughs> so that's strange to me that it, it's almost like people want to create a world of, Torah observance, quote unquote, and exclude their Jewish brothers and sisters. Yeah, for Very sure. Very strange to me. In the same way that I don't get what people in the Hebrew Roots Movement, some who don't observe Hanukkah, I don't get what they don't get. I don't understand it. Yeah, you know, we, we could talk about that. Yeah, we well, we talk about you know for for those of us who have who have made the journey or are making the journey um, when we first. Uh, when when we first realized that that uh, Torah and being a part of Israel was a thing, and we started to really get our head around what that meant, um, we you know it completely rocked our world, and we we realized that uh, that our church upbringings, our religious upbringings, 
that we had been we had been anti-Torah, we had been you know anomian, uh, anti-law, and all those things, and so we began to embrace the Torah, but we became anti-something else, and that's that we became anti-Jewish, anti-rabbinic, anti-tradition, anti-anti-anti-anti-anti. We are we we as a as a community of of of, uh, of you know uh, Torah whatever we call ourselves I don't know Hebrew roots missing I hate all those labels but we we are now most of us are more anti now than we ever were before and yet yeah. we have we have the words of life and so it's it's so interesting we we um we. I don't understand and I I uh, I still try to work this out. As to just like you said, why why don't we see? And I say this all the time: um, the Jewish people have have had the Torah, and they've they've known the God of the universe. They've known Hashem far longer than we even have as Christians. You guys have been doing this. You guys have been doing this way longer than we have, even as Christians. And and the fact that uh, you know the internet was invented when when I was in high school, um, that you can Google and find just about anything. Point I'm making is that we can learn rabbinic sources, we can learn, you know, Jewish tradition, we can learn those things, and and agree or not agree, it doesn't matter. At least my, no. my whole argument is at least have the mutual respect, at least have the honesty, the humility, the integrity right. to learn from the source, to learn from the people who have who have preserved with their lives and with their blood this word for us to have. And this, uh, you know, this Torah for us to have. And so um, I, I appreciate your your whole approach to the whole thing. And you say all the time, I'm not trying to turn you into me. Please don't try to turn me into you. Let's let's move together, mutual respect and learn right. what we can from each other. Well, you know, you're mentioning about, you know, looking and seeing how the Jewish people observe it. I'll give you a better reason, perhaps, in my opinion. And one that may resonate a bit more with with your listeners. Don't you want to really know and understand how Yeshua lived his life? I see all these memes all the time on Facebook. Yeshua was Torah observant. I object to the term. I know you're probably a little surprised. <laughs> Gee, that's unlike any other conversation we've had in the last few years. No, I know where you're I going, and I agree, yeah. Yeshua, Jewish, who lived a full Jewish lifestyle, which of course means observing the Torah. Don't try to create this world of Torah observant that excludes anything and everything to do with Jewish people. You know, there are two things that Yeshua never had in his lifetime. One was in New Testament. And the other was a church to study it in. Right. And I'm throwing out little, you know, sort of one-liners because I want people to walk away from this conversation with a little food for thought. I'd like them to come back to you and say, you know what, Pastor Joe, I've been chewing on that one a little bit. And, you know, or I have to say for all of our Christian friends out there, Quoting our dear friend, Mike Clayton, who said, if it wasn't for Hanukkah, there wouldn't be a Christmas. Yeah. And that's absolutely. the whole thing. Yeah. Had yeah. the Maccabees not won, there never would have been 
a Jewish people left, there never would have been a Miriam, a Mary, raising her son Yeshua, Jesus. So there would be no Jewish people, no Judaism, no Christianity, no Hebrew no is- roots. Yeah, no Israel. That's no, no, exactly yeah. what was, was at stake all those years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And just just to press the point, you know, and food for thought, as, as you said, I, you know, I don't expect to convince anybody of anything in you no. know, in an hour, and that's and that's not even for us to do, um, for sure. the The scriptures are very um, are. I used to think they were so black and white when I first came to Torah. Oh, this is easy. God explicitly explains how He wants every single thing done, and and it was so simple. And how could somebody not see this? And the more you study and the more you learn, you realize why Judaism is its own culture, because the scripture is actually very gray. And God, I believe, expected his people to, to, to work together to figure out how to live this thing out, and not to mention the judges and the, and the leaders and that God gave good That's ruling true. to and wisdom to. So, hey, we're going to um, come up on the break here, and so we're going to be back on the other side of the break, and we're going to dive a little bit more into Hanukkah with Hanok Young. You guys stick around. We'll be right back. All right, hey guys, welcome back to the second segment in this episode of Image Bearers Radio. We are joined by my great friend, uh, Hanok Young, uh, who is coming to us today from Modain, Israel. So, Hanok, um, those of us that know the Hanukkah story and, uh, and celebrate Hanukkah, I grew up Protestant, so I never had Maccabees in my Bible. It just wasn't there, right? And so when I first started reading this forbidden book, because it was for us, uh, it it immediately lit a fire, no pun intended, in my in my heart for you know for all these things. And then uh, this just this last couple of years, I've really been studying the intertestamental period. For us, what we what I always heard referred to as the silent years. In other words, God was silent. Uh, no prophets were speaking. Uh, it was almost a, a, a cessation of the, you know, the voice and the moving of God in the, the in the right. four four hundred or so years b- between the testaments. And what I've began to learn is that it was anything but quiet. It was it was anything and everything but silent. So, as a religiously practicing Jew, um, tell me a little bit about how how this quote unquote silent years for Christians, how that uh, impacted Judaism. Israel and the the faith of Israel that we have today. Wow! Again, I'm glad that we've got about another two and a half hours to cover <laughs> this. Uh, you know, the thing that's interesting is growing up in America. There's an enormous amount of misconceptions. I'm talking about within the Jewish within the Jewish people, American Jews. There's a tremendous misconception uh, about Hanukkah. It's thought of as this festival of freedom, uh, the light in the middle of darkness, 
you know, all these kind of like vague universalist kind of things. And it does embody that, but the heart of it is Antiochus Epiphanes wanted to crush the Torah, the Judaism, and the Jewish people. Hellenization was the big problem. That was assimilation on steroids. And what's interesting is we still have that same problem today, both here in Israel and amongst the American Jewish community. Those who see themselves as citizens of the world and will march for every cause on earth, except for that of their Jewish brothers and sisters. Mm. So what happened is it was a battle. Hanukkah was a battle. It was a, well, let's put it this way. I, I heard a thing recently that I thought was brilliant. If you can't support Jewish extremism for your entire life, at least do it for eight days. <laughs> because Matityahu, Mattathias, slew the Jewish Hellenizer, and all they were trying to do was make him a wealthy man if only he would taste some of this little piggy. They were going to sacrifice a pig, yeah. and he was going to have some pulled pork. You know? Um, yeah, over a ham sandwich. Yeah. That, that's and, you know, just... Yeah. That, that, so, so we're talking about tremendous, tremendous level of religious commitment. So it was a battle against the Syrian Greeks and internally against the Hellenizing Jews. The saddest thing, though, was Matityahu had five sons. The only one who survived long term was Shimon Simon. His grandsons had already adopted Greek names. So in other words, the victory of the Maccabees is something that we ourselves have to fight in every generation. We have to keep our faith and our commitment to Hashem, to God, as pure as humanly possible. That's on all sides of the family of Israel, Jewish, Ephraimite, doesn't matter. We're all, we've all got the same charge and responsibility. Yeah. And God himself is never silent. We right, just yeah. lack the ability at times to perceive it. You very have quickly. a you you have a very unique perspective because you still you live in the city <laughs> where this actually happened. I mean, how much more yeah. perspective can you get than than where you are, where you live your life? Uh, and I have to imagine that even after all these years, the story of Hanukkah in Modein and surrounding areas in Israel at large is a huge part of the story. It's a huge part of who you are. Well, you know, Joe, when when you read about the War of 1812, you know, that was a long time ago. But if you're in Nolens and you're reading about the Battle of Nolens, you know, it, 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 it resonates. How Sorry. much more so when I go for a walk in the woods and on the hills here, and it's not a far stretch to say, is this where Judah and his brothers were? They found the remnants of a Beit Knesset, a synagogue, of 2,200 years ago. Wow. Were they the noisy kids running around in the back? Right. <laughs> right. Were they sitting like your son Jojo and playing with other kids? I mean, this is, it's an amazing thing. 
that's the difference. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being immersed fully in the culture. And I have to say something. My Cajun relatives, okay, I'm pausing for effect here. <laughs> Y'all have been eating, I hope I don't mispronounce it, beignets? Beignets, yeah. Beignets, okay. That's your fried food. Right. Y'all have been celebrating Hanukkah all these <laughs> years, even if someone didn't tell you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The fried food part is easy for us uh, in our culture because it's we fry everything. I mean, there's fried ice cream and you know candy bars, and and, and uh, if it can stick together long enough to survive the oil, it's it's fried. Yeah, so for sure, the the um, the what people that have never been to Israel are are have it. You know, like again, we go back to this thing where you can study Torah and never study Israel. You can study Torah and never never even link it to the Jewish people, which is it, it you, well, to, to those that are listening, you have to understand what a tragedy that is in absolutely ripping the Torah and all of the the prophets, uh, all the Nevi'im, all the Ketuvim out of their context and and away from their safeguard, the, the people that have safeguarded them and, and preserved them for so long. And so you can you can spend. I know people. You know people. You've traveled more than I have for thirty years that have studied Torah and have nothing, no idea about Israel, or about what the Torah, how the Torah impacts Israel ancient and modern um and yeah. so I, I love i love you know we're going to plug your your tour and, and your services but I, I love you know you're in mike's uh mike's tour connect to israel is you know connecting people to the land of israel you know today past present and future ancient and modern ancient right. and modern yeah and and i love the fact that we we uh you know we visited um uh, moshe and leah uh, in Itamar, you know, yep. and, and, and one of the, one of the most profound statements Hanuk, that I've heard probably my entire life is as we're standing on, you know, one of the hillsides and in, in, in around Itamar and, and, and Moshe says the difference between the, how Jews view prophecy and how Christians view prophecy is that, you know, Christians say that think this is going to fall from heaven and we Jews see prophecy as a to-do list. Absolutely. You have a, a unique way and perspective of dealing with that because of, of, of who you are and where, of course, the, the calling that he's, he's placed on your life and, and where you live. I said there was a lot of connections between you and Hanukkah. Um, so just really on a basic level, because some people listening may not okay. know this. Um, so Hanok, your name, how okay. is that connected to Hanukkah? Okay. Hanok. In English, it's spelled H-A-N-O-C-H. You've seen it in translation, mistranslated as Enoch. Let's get back to Hanoch. You'll notice, I know it's got a lot of in the front and the in the back, and I know it's tough for y'all, but bear with me. Hanukkah sounds similar. It should. It's the same root. Hebrew is based on three or four letter roots. It means dedication. So by the way, when you go and you're reading the book of John, and it says, during the Feast of Dedication, Yeshua was walking in the temple in Solomon's portico, in the colonnades. By the way, of course he was, because as a Jew, he would have been observing Hanukkah. You went to the temple. That was what it was all about. So, yes, my name is the same root as dedication or rededication. In modern Hebrew, it's the same root as chinuch, another word hard for Americans to pronounce, mm -hmm. which means educate, education, rather. 
So, yeah, that's my personal connection. I live in Modi'in for 11 years now. That's ground zero. Um, growing up, I lived in the Bronx. Uh, that's ground zero in another sense. But <laughs> certainly. certainly. So, you know, as we, as we talk about uh, moving forward, and as we use Hanukkah yes. as kind of a springboard for, for moving, moving forward, um, talk to us a little bit about, from your perspective, this year for Hanukkah and hopefully next year in the years after for Hanukkah as we as we work towards whatever is coming so so for those of in my audience right. that are are you know are more of a christian eschatology you know we we hopefully have come to the point now where most i would say a vast majority of christian scholars even are saying today that you know listen the idea that we we're going to all get up out of here one day and the, and God's just going to burn the earth down and you know we're going to be living somewhere else in a spiritual body and all those kinds of things um, is really falling out of favor a lot right. and it's it's encouraging because we I've studied Jewish eschatology and and more and more Christian scholars are coming back to going like wait you know this is a thing yeah. that we we have to take care of this place because because Absolutely. the way our our Christian testament says is that you know that heaven is going to come down. And and what's what's amazing about that is that's completely a Jewish understanding that that we just have missed totally, and so I love I love the the concept of tikkun olam, and is repairing not, the world yeah repairing yeah. the world and so is not Hanukkah the 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 impetus or the the bedrock or the beginning of the idea of repairing the world now the Maccabees the Hasmoneans did it with the, an actual physical temple which we don't have today. So moving forward, and this I think goes right in line with your work and what you've you've labored so so effectively to do. How do we use Hanukkah as an encouragement and a springboard and a challenger okay. to move forward to Tikkun Olam? Okay. Before I get that, I just want to give everyone. I want to share my website, which is kolyehuda.com. K-O-L-Y-E-H-U-D-A dot com. All that means is a voice from Judah. Um, there's a way to contact me on that, uh, information about the connect to Israel tour with Mike Clayton, other tours that I do. There's, there's all kinds of information there. So that, that's one thing. During Sukkot, I was reading a book that relayed that when Nelson Mandela was finally released after about 30 years in prison, he was asked by a reporter, how did you survive all those years in prison? And it, Mandela's response was, I wasn't surviving. I was preparing. Wow. For many of us, myself especially, I'm a licensed tour guide. The last day that I worked was March the 5th. It's been more than nine months. Many of our lives have been interrupted by the whole COVID-19 thing. The point is, what are you doing for the day after? How are you getting ready? Are you dedicating more time, not only for your own education and edification, but that of your family? What about your congregation? Before you can even think of the restoration of all of Israel, of course, based on mutual respect, you have got to lay that groundwork. What are you doing to get ready? What are you doing to reach out? You know, it's interesting. A lot of us are on social media. Do your posts generate more light or more heat? 
Are you looking to slap someone upside their head or are you looking to share some information? When I say, excuse me, when I say share some information, I'm not talking about witnessing or testimony. That is so not reality based. But supporting people, there are people having a very, very hard time in this era, especially. And there are hard choices coming up ahead of all of us. You know, it's interesting. In America, y'all seem to have difficulty counting votes. In Israel, we just say, oh, hell with it. Let's spend a couple of billion shekels and just have a new government. <laughs> so we're facing new elections. I mean, it's it's like, and, and you know, people say, well, is it going to make a difference? I go back to the lyrics of The Who. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Because it's not about politics, not about politics in Israel, not about politics in America. What are you doing to enhance your relationship with Hashem, with Avinu Shabbat my Father in Heaven? What are you doing to help your family? What are you doing to prepare the next generation so they don't have to go through the same things that y'all did? They don't have to get thrown out of a church. They don't have to be slapped upside their head. They don't have to be socially isolated. This is what we should be dealing with. People should be ringing your phone off the hook, Joe, saying, okay, Pastor Joe, what can I do to help out of ashes be better than it is? What can I do to serve? Don't ask, what are you all going to be serving at Oneg? But rather, what can I do to help? Yeah, so for sure. And the, the you know, we... We danced around, you know, politics and religion and all those kinds of things. And I don't want anybody to understand, you know, to misunderstand. There is a there is an overlap at some point, and and it's been all through the the history of Scripture, through world history. Hashem works through politics, through government leaders, king. I mean, the Bible is all about kings. Yeah, and, and yeah, for sure. And so our our point is that, uh, and my point is has been for the last several several months, is that you know there's a good chance that. The the only real effect I'm going to have in my life is my family and the circle of influence that Hashem has given me. I'm I'm not probably going to change my uh, local government or my state government or the national government or the way the world looks at things. Right. I'm, I may not have that stage. Some people listening may. And if you do, that is an opportunity that Hashem has given you, and you, you need to go full bore. For those of us who are not in those positions, which I believe are the majority— our energy and our focus is best spent consecrating, dedicating ourselves before Hashem, learning, learning Torah, learning, you know, learning the, the, the traditions and steeping ourselves in a, uh, a consecration to him and giving life to those around us. That that is the call that that is that is what being a, a believer at whatever status you are, whatever stage you are. That is that is what tikkun olam is. If it's a smile, Absolutely. if it's a smile, if it's it's not a ten thousand dollar check or you know buying somebody a car, it's a smile, it's a hug, it's a prayer, it's a love, it's those things. The world needs that now more uh, more than ever. And what our our revolution, what we're talking about is is a, a different kind of revolution. And I know you know we've talked about. It. I know you're you're studying the gospels again. 
Um, but I just have to say, you know, this is the revolution that, that my Messiah spoke of. This is the revolution that Yeshua spoke of, that you get under people and you, you lift them up. You, you, don't, you don't cut people's heads off for disobedience. You don't cast people out for sin. You, don't, you, you get under people, you get around people, you serve people, um, and, and you, you repair the world. You, you begin that here. So, so for us, Hanukkah, um, while it may look different and may, may act differently, uh, depending on where you are, what your background is, how you celebrate, where you come from, all those kinds of things. I, I hope and I pray that, that Hanukkah can can give us all that sense of it's time to get going. It, it's time. Right. It's time to be preparing. And when we say preparing, guys, we're not talking about go bury a shipping container in your backyard and stockpile food. and all. No, you know, and all. No. There, there's wisdom to some of those things, but what we're talking about is, is preparing your internal life so that because governments are going to change, right, things, are, things around us are going to change. The one thing that will not change is I want to be Psalm 1. I want to be the tree that's planted with deep roots by the water that isn't swayed by every wind that comes along, every political storm, right. every you know natural disaster, and all, all these kinds of things. So um, I, I think that's great encouragement. So we got a few minutes left, and I want to really talk about um, your tours and, and what you and Mike do, what you sure. do on an individual basis. But talk a little bit about you and Mike's Connect to Israel tour, sure. what, what, the, what the heart of it is. Uh, and we'll share some experiences in the last few minutes. Right. The Connect Israel experience is an absolutely unique tour. It is not your standard go-see-the-holy-sites type tour. It's designed to build relationships. You will come, get to be, as we said earlier, get to be involved with the Jewish people, ancient and modern, the God of Israel, and the land of Israel. You will understand scripture and you will understand your own heart and your own relationship with the Venus Shabbat Shemayim, our Father in Heaven, better than ever before. I used to tell people that going to Israel would change your life. Mike phrases it a lot betterly. Let me try this in English. In a much better way. Wow. I apologize. I was speaking Cajun, if you didn't realize the time that going to Israel will define your life, will help define your life. And don't get choked up there. <laughs> I can't come over to the back. <laughs> You're good. Too long. Um, we run the tour once a year, typically. We've done it twice. Uh, we had been planning a tour in March. Uh, it does not look like the world travel situation will allow that to happen. We're now looking at dates of approximately the last day in October through the first 11 days in November um, of 2021. Again, you'll find information on my website. Reach out to me. You know, and every once in a while, you know, people will say, you know, Hanoch, I, I, I love what you do. Reaching out, you know, in love and brotherhood. How can I help support your efforts, you know, particularly when you're not able to guide? On my website, for those who are so inclined, there's a donate button. If not, if you know, if I can have your prayers and encouragement, if you have a congregation, a fellowship that would like to host me, I'd love to come and visit y'all. Uh, I do. You know, there are a couple of places that are you know fixed on my calendar. Couple of days in Dorito, Louisiana. Couple of days in Franklin, North Carolina, and the rest of the time is open and available. Yeah, and I really have to encourage everybody. You know, <clears throat> I know that for my whole life I've had, you know, been connected with churches or groups of people that have gone to Israel. And 
uh, you know, when I come back and people say, well, what was it like? You know, did you did you visit the garden tomb or did you visit? You know, they want to know if we visited all the, the New Testament sites. And while, you know, that some of that is included um, with you guys, I, I I have to tell them, like, we, we visited where the patriarchs walked. You know, yeah. I mean, I remember standing and looking at, uh, you know, Har Bracha. And just, yeah, the amount of blessing. Yeah, amount yes. of blessing, and and the again talking about this foundation building. You know, Hanukkah being the foundation for for rededicating ourselves, and the the uh, the experiences that you have in Israel on the Connect to Israel tour with Hanuk and Mike. <clears throat> not even so much the experiences that I would say. I mean, I don't know. We we touched down at Ben Gurion, and I think Heather and I, my wife, we cried for five, four days straight. I, I mean, it was. It was hard to even remember, you know, that those those times. But the people that you meet, Hanok, that is That's, that is to me more valuable than seeing any rock or any place or any totally you know, agree. Uh the you know, sitting in Shorashim shop in the old city, meeting Moshe and Leah, meeting the, 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 the vineyard owners, you know, these relationships bring a humanity to to the Israeli people, to the Jewish people that I think many of us some of us, which have never even met a Jew, you know, maybe until you know a few weeks ago, this may be the first time somebody's ever hearing a, a you know an actual Israeli Jew ever even speak a real Jew, yeah, a, a quote unquote a real Jew, yeah. But to meet to meet the people and and to realize that we we are the same family, we are one family. That's the key. That's the key. And we also descend. This is a much longer conversation from the single most dysfunctional family in the history of planet earth <laughs> that those those are our roots yeah for sure what y'all would call them roots roots so, yeah 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 well i i can't thank you enough um for taking time my out pleasure of your, out of your day. uh we wish you all the, the best blessings again visit uh uh if you want there to be a, a connect to israel tour that exists after the pandemic is finally dealt with Please consider pray about uh, your zedaka supporting Hanok, um, you know, donating so that that he is when the time comes and, and Israel is ready to open and America is ready to open all that, that there is a connect to Israel tour that you can actually join. Uh, and so we love you, man. We appreciate you. Can't wait to have you back into Ritter and uh, wish you all the blessings. Hag Sameach. Hag Sameach, Joe. Thank you.